All right. Today on the podcast, I am going to be your guest, Patrick Gibson, and now introducing your host, Arik Devins, who I have asked to watch the 2009 film Moon, directed by Duncan Jones and starring Sam Rockwell. Um, it also features the voice of Kevin Spacey as his robot companion. Um, the movie is about a sole worker on the moon where he is helping his company harvest helium from space rocks to send back to Earth where they are very valuable. Um, with that, Arik, <laughs> I don't know how much you really you want me to uh, say more about the movie. Before if, that's, kind of, if that's what you feel like you want people to know to start with, that's what people will know to start with. That's basically all you need to know about this movie before we kind of, I mean, everything else kind of becomes spoilery. It's true. Fair warning, people. This is definitely some of the films we talk about here. If you haven't seen them, it doesn't matter. We're going to have a conversation. But this film is very much a film that you probably don't want to have spoiled if you're ever planning on watching it, which you should. Uh, and so, if you haven't seen the film and 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 you don't and you you are a person who minds spoilers, I would jump out now and and come back and listen to this episode after you've seen it. So. Um, with that in mind, with that in mind, things go bad on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, let's start with let's start with me asking you, why did you choose this film for me to watch? Uh, gosh, because I think it's one of the best sci-fi films and most underrated sci-fi films, and it was just kind of on the on the on the tip of my mind because of David Bowie's passing, um, and that his son made it. And it's um, yeah. That you hadn't seen it was just mind blowing to me. So I, I felt like I, I wanted to share it with you. It's I had not seen it, although I had been given it as a gift by our second uh, podcast guest, Jake Desaulnier. So thank you very much, Jake, for the fact that I had this Blu-ray in my house uh, and got to watch it that way. When, once you chose it for me, so yeah, I. It is sort of you know the interesting thing is not only had I not seen it until he uh, started bugging me about it uh, months and months ago, I had never even heard of it and. Uh, that is, to my mind at this point, criminal because what a great movie. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> um, also, I should have mentioned this in the intro, but also music by Clint Mansell. Just wonderful, wonderful time. Yes, the music is phenomenal. I didn't um, even know that, that the music is Yeah, important. he also did Requiem for, music for Requiem for a Dream. I believe he also did most of The, uh, the Fountain as well as uh, all the movies by... Uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Fa- uh, no, the, the, the Fountain director... Um, who did direct The Fountain? This is great radio. Uh, let's see. The Fountain was directed by... Everyone out there is yelling at us as we're attempting to discover this. Wow. Thanks, Apple. Thanks a lot, Steve Jobs, for the internet not working at my house. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Darren Aronofsky, the director of... Aronofsky, Fox. thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm wow. Do, some... do we still have our jobs? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, he, Clint Mansell has done most of the music for the Darren Aronofsky films, right? Uh, I, bl- I believe. So. I, I believe. Anyway, it's just fantastic. <laughs> the music is the accompanying music definitely suits the film. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and it's given that it's a film that's so, to my mind, uh, atmospheric. Uh, the music becomes a hugely important piece of that. Yes, one hundred percent. A movie with very few characters, because Sam Walker, uh, excuse me, Sam Rockwell is in it twice, but that's pretty <laughs> much three times technically. I three think. times, yeah. Yeah. Do you see the third time? He's on the bed at, at the uh, end, yes, right? Like he's, end, yes. I think he just wakes up as the the movie ends. Yeah. So I, you know, after watching the film, I was I was doing a little reading, and they were like, "Oh, it was made for 
uh, five million dollars, which in uh, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but in two thousand nine terms for a movie, that's basically nothing. Uh, Mall Rats cost six million dollars to make <laughs> in the nineties, right? Like, so it's, that's no money. That's the equivalent of like Clerks, and it looks so beautiful and so incredible. Mm-hmm. It's such a visually stunning film in, in so many ways, and I think that um, uh, not having to pay a lot of actors probably helped with that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the the cast is extremely small. It's basically Kevin Spacey. Uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, some bit parts by a few people, and and, and you know mm-hmm. his wife, his daughter, you know a couple people, but that's about it. But but he did a, such a fantastic job. I think it's, I think that this is an, another reason why I like this film so much is that I feel like Sam Rockwell often gets smaller parts, and he's not really given the opportunity to do much on screen with those parts. He's it's always sort of typecast, um, whereas he he is outstanding. I think in this film. Yeah, no, he's he's incredible. Yeah, specifically the scene in which he uh, he is able to call home to what he realizes is his daughter, and like he hasn't he's realizing how much time has passed. Which... Yeah, yeah. To give a little backstory for those of you who haven't seen the film, but 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 soldiered on uh, the the Sam Rockwell character is uh, employed at this factory on the moon, and he's on a three year contract. He believes he's on a three year contract, and that he eventually will. Uh, see his wife and and very young daughter again, and he gets occasional video transmissions for them. And at some point, begins to realize that uh, he might not be who he thinks he is. He might not be where he thinks he is. It might not be the same amount of time he thinks he is. And he manages to call home and get a live feed, and discovers that his wife has been dead for some time, uh, and his daughter is a teenager. Uh-huh. Which I it would be pretty. I mean, that would be pretty upsetting. And and he also his his original clone is is present in the call. Yeah, the person he was presumably clone. So do you think? Let's get into that. So do you think that? Uh, do you think that Sam was originally sent on a three year mission, or that every single person who has been Sam on this mission was a clone? I think every person was a clone. Yeah. yeah. So this guy was hired to give DNA. A, he's like a like a donor. Yes. For this yes, mission. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, so his memories in that sense are real in that he very, really does have a wife named, is it wife named Tess or the daughter named Tess? One or the other. He, he has a wife and he has a daughter. Um, and he was probably cloned around the time that he was about to have the daughter. So, so those memories all seem, um, cause I believe in the, in the film, he's on the three-year mission. He's almost done the three-year mission and he's going to go home and, uh, to his, uh, Wife who just like had a baby, three year old. No, no. So the daughter's like two or, or sorry, three. Yeah, so I yeah, think, yeah. I think he, she was just about to have the baby when he left. Right, right. Which so be a really jerky time to leave, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, but you know, there were but there were problems in the marriage, which is why he left. Right. So oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they they didn't tell the daughter because she's shocked. I mean, presumably you know the wife knew. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, but. But yeah, that's just a really intense moment. So let's maybe let's let's back up a little bit in the story. Sure, so sure. Um, one of the things that I found really incredible about this film, uh, and there were quite a number, I really really liked it a lot. I loved the film. Um, was that uh, the entire time I was trying to figure out what was happening and what was going on, but I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't unclear. Uh, it just was evolving my understanding of what was going on. So I have a lot of notes along the way of like. Something weird is happening. Wait, is who is that? Is he going to find himself? Oh, he's going to be dead out there. Yep, he's dead. This, you know, da 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 da. You know, from and and from the moment, basically from the moment he uh, crashes his 
his like you know lunar car mm-hmm. yeah his rover into the into the harvester and then is there's a two of him right it's like what the hell is going on here it's it's a very it's a very meta film there's a lot of interesting uh, you know i think the tagline for the film is something like uh uh space is a great place to find yourself or something like that something mm-hmm. about like finding out that you're not really who you think you are, mm-hmm. which is sort of like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a, a mission. He's going to self-discovery. He's going to learn how to be a better father, a better dad. No, he's literally not who he thinks he <laughs> he's is. literally finding a clone <laughs> of himself. Yeah, he's literally discovering that he... Well, And but, the other thing, too, is that... But then it, turns, it does turn into that, right? Because then as seeing himself from the outside and seeing yeah. how, like, how, uh, how short of a temper he has and how he, he is... He does do quite a bit of self-discovery by witnessing himself act. Yeah, he grows in a in a in a singular and plural sense. Like he multiple versions of him or I guess two versions of him become better people uh throughout the course of the film. And you know, the film does like just such an interesting job of handling all this stuff. I you know, I think uh like for example, I think, you know, the the first Sam seems like the original Sam to me. For most of the film, because he's the first Sam I met, right, right, right. but that has no bearing on the reality of the situation. Right. The first, right, but that's the other thing is that the first Sam that you meet is already th- like a three-year-old Sam, has had kind of three yeah. years to kind of mellow out on the on the space station. And I think he's like either the fourth or the fifth Sam uh, that has been. There. Uh, yeah, because because the, they show they show all the previous. Sam. I think it's the fifth because of the fact that his daughter is fifteen, and she says that. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think they also show the four previous Sams and, and the end of their three years when they get in the capsule thinking they're going right. home. Right. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's it's a, an intense part. Moment. Yeah. It's really yeah. intense. Yeah. That, um, so the rover thing also reminded me of another thing, which is that comparing this film to a more recent space movie that I probably haven't seen, The Martian. Nope. But okay. Go ahead. Compare it. Compare away. Uh, well, The Martian was you know it's a it's like a triple A film like it's a many multi-millions of dollars were spent getting all the highest paid actors and actresses and Matt and all the special effects and all of the, you know, all of the triple A cinema people are involved in, in a film like that. Um, and it was a good film, don't get me wrong. I, I liked it. Um, but it was a much more linear and kind of normal, possibly borderline boring story wasn't that boring it wasn't boring it was just much more a typical much more typical story a hollywood story than one like moon which was made for so much less and for and has and in my, in my opinion is so much more impactful it's interesting to compare and contrast the two well i think it's you know the 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 wonderful thing about these films that and these, these happen once in a while where someone is has found a way to make the movie they want to make and it, it kind of launches their career. And I'm sure being the son of David Bowie didn't hurt Duncan Jones in getting this made, at least getting help with it. But it's not a big budget film. And he, he you know, he's got some, I mean, he does have Kevin Spacey or whatever. But, like, the film is bursting with his ideas, mm-hmm. right? And his, yeah. his, his imagination. And, I mean, he made so many great, like, so the whole thing was done. One of the ways they saved money was the whole thing was done with models instead of CGI. And I just think it looks incredible. Like, the whole time I'm looking at this, like, how, this looks so good. Yeah, it has great um, I be- mise-en-scene, is that correct? Is mise-en-scene. That- indeed, mise-en-scene, yeah. yes. It I, looks- my French pronunciation is, is not great. We need Serenity on here to uh, do it correctly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful film. 
and just so alive with 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 ideas. So you know, it doesn't feel workshopped to death. It doesn't feel right. You know, it, it might confuse or, or lose the audience. It takes risks. It's it's not super safe. It's not perfect. Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot there's a lot there that I think is really vital. Mm-hmm. You know, in that way. So so what do you think happens in the end? What do you think? So he gets the younger younger Sam. Yeah. Uh, or newer Sam, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess new beginning of his three years, Sam. Yeah, yeah, new Sam. New Sam takes off. Yeah. So he gets to Earth. Yes. What do you What do you think? How does that play out? Do you think? Well, I mean, they they kind of reveal that in the credits, I guess. But I, I guess you're maybe going more specific. I mean, so he gets back to Earth and he exposes the use of this clone to labor, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting too, because it's like. That would be a big, you know, I feel like we've got controversies that are not so dissimilar to that, you know, right now. Sure. So it felt like a very contemporarily uh, sure. interesting idea. But I, I, I guess I, I certainly don't think, I don't think he goes and hunts down his, his family. You don't think so? You think he leaves them alone? Because he knows, so. he knows that he's a different person? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, because he watched the, um, he watched the video of, of his previous clone phone call. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that I think he knows that there's or at some point he finds out that there that this I had them marked in my notes like um uh, like uh, in set theory like Sam dot dot zero Sam dot dot one Sam <laughs> dot, dot and so uh, uh, Sam zero is there so it's like well you know I think I don't know Sam I called him Sam two but I guess he's actually Sam six or seven but he he to me he felt very aware he was the one who was telling his previous clone you know we're clones. Get it together. He was a very he was much more of a uh, perceptive and and sort of realist kind of Sam, and uh, which by the way that is a whole other fascinating direction we could go off into in terms of like clones and what that means and if they have the same memories they're not just even DNA clones like how could they be different people mm-hmm. that's fascinating I thought that was really interesting but anyway I I don't know what do you think do you think he he, he tracks him down um no I don't think so I think that I think that he. Maybe he tracks down the daughter, because hmm. he probably still has feelings towards. He probably still feels as somewhat entitled, like not entitled, but she's his somewhat, daughter. Yeah, yeah. somewhat um, of a parental sort of connection to his daughter that he'll want to fulfill. But no, I don't think that like he has no reason to like kill the other father. Like, there's no reason for him to have any malicious feelings towards his original self. Other than other than perhaps that because his original self chose to allow allow himself to be cloned although but maybe it wasn't even a choice you know maybe yeah yeah they're be. already breaking the law in all these kind of crazy ways who the hell knows how they got this dna right yeah so that would by the way that would be a really different sequel if it was like now i'm being raised by my two clone dads <laughs> i feel like there's a tv show with with charlie sheen and uh and uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher that could could easily come out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did you have a favorite scene or a favorite moment in the film? Um, that's interesting. Uh, I really we haven't even talked about this at all. I really liked Kevin Spacey's robot Gertie, mm-hmm. um, especially because it was so clear to me initially that Gertie was uh, obviously in some way a commentary on Hal to me. Yeah, from two thousand one. I mean, he sounds a little like him. Mm-hmm. He has a line where he's like, "I can't let you go outside, Sam." You know, like I love the emotive, the emotiveness of Gertie. 
Yeah, well, so I, wanted, I wanted to specifically call that out with the emoji. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's got like this display, and no matter how he's feeling, they show it in emoji. And I thought that was just in that a static was image, which I thought is great. Like, it doesn't animate. It's just like no, a picture not... of a happy face, or a picture of a sad face, or a picture yeah, of a yeah. pensive or, face, or like, like the this. pensive, or like the line. You know that? Yeah. yeah, that that middle face. I thought that was wonderful, and I also thought just in terms of you know because of I really like when film recognizes that. Um, history is a thing and that my experiences are a thing. So they know, Duncan Jones knows that I've seen 2001, mm-hmm. that I'm associating this with Hal and sets me up to be like, oh, well, so this this Hal guy is is on the, is going to be a, a, an enemy in some way and then completely destroys that convention, right. right? And makes Hal actually, makes Gertie actually like the best friend Sam could possibly have. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's so, that is so good. That is so yeah. brilliant. Yep. So, yep. you know, anything involving, uh, uh, Gertie, sort of the moments where he tells Sam, you know, all I want, you know, is to keep you safe. Like his programming is like Asimov style. Like I will keep you safe above everything else. Mm-hmm. And so he actually endangers his company's missions and does kind of things. Help. He he is the only reason Sam is able to achieve what he's able to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. He's somewhat the silent star, um, which is great, right? Like it's it's it's. I I think that he acknowledges uh, he being Duncan Jones acknowledges two thousand one. And kind of you know makes makes that reference and makes clear like the homage, but does totally does his own thing, which is very refreshing. Absolutely, he takes it. He he does exactly what you're supposed to do, which is to grow, you know, stand on the shoulder of the giants, mm-hmm. uh, take it someplace else. I, I actually I, I would love to have uh, I would love if Kubrick had been around to see this film. I would love to know what he thought of it because I I I, yeah. I I don't know enough about. I mean, I feel like I know enough about Kubrick, but I don't know what he would. I I, I don't know what he would have thought, but I I think that would be very interesting. Um, the in terms of favorite scenes specifically, I would say that the 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 two scenes that are jumping out to me are the one where um, uh, Sam, the younger Sam, takes the older Sam back to the uh, uh, moon rover mm-hmm. and leaves him there, and sort of is watching himself die. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's sort tough. of yep. incredibly tough and interesting. And then the other thing is when um, when that when that Sam says to Gertie, there's a line where he says, "We're not programmed, we're people." And he says that, and so he's a programmed clone, and he's saying it to a programmed robot, and and you're just like, oh, uh, really... you kind of, you yeah. But it's really sweet, yeah, you know? Absolutely. It's, like it's just a really sweet moment. Yeah. Where uh, younger Sam takes older Sam back to the rover to die, that's partially plot-driven, right? That's partially because the Eliza crew is coming. and Yeah, like... the cleanup crew, who are clearly just murderer dudes, yeah. are going to show up, and they're going to, the re- quote-unquote, rescue crew, and they're going to, um, they need to have a body there in order for them to believe that uh, that the two Sams never met each other. Right, right. To, to continue the illusion. Right, right. You could tell those guys were bad dudes from the minute they show their photos. They are just like, yep. they look like Russian mafia <laughs> stereotypes in a movie. Like, they're such bad dudes. Yep, yep. Clearly, clearly the gang, the the bullies. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What were your favorite scenes? Um, when he calls, when when he's able to establish contact with his daughter, for sure. That feels like the most emotional, most most um, most intense part, for sure. Yeah, there's something to me about the realization of time that has passed, and the the realizing that something that you kind of believe so deeply in is not actually true. So for, for I guess this is for young Sam, for young, or sorry, uh, old Sam, 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 for old Sam to be believing that his daughter is, you know, three years old and uh, that he, you know, he's trying to find his wife 
and for him to both find out that his wife is dead and to find out that the person who's telling him this is his daughter and that all this time has passed and that he was not aware of it until now is something that like totally turns his world upside down and is in a very in a very emotionally heavy way uh and yeah i think that it was just very special yeah absolutely and i think you know you raise a really interesting point to to me as well which is that you know trying to put yourself in that mindset like the the foundational aspect of of our existence as people in some ways is our memories right mm-hmm. and that's what's so incredibly sad about things like alzheimers and and things like that is that as as a person your entire personality is essentially a collection of your memories it's like your wife's film inside out showed right. us um to have your memories revealed to be fake yes yes it's a very profound character not character building but character dismantling thing yeah you discover you're an unreliable narrator <laughs> <laughs> in a sense of your own life, right? And he's so sure of everything, right? You know, of course he is. Like, you would be too. And if yeah. you suddenly found out that everything about you and everything you knew mm-hmm. was not only a lie, but a, a crass lie perpetrated upon you right. so that you would do a shitty job. Right. Well, so, and to take this back to the previous episode and uh, Strawberries, our Strawberry film. Yes, and, the Strawberries, yes. And the uh, road trip. So... He had so much time on in that road trip to kind of reflect on his life, whereas Sam, in the little space pod on the moon, had so much more time. He had three whole years to kind of think about himself and to establish his establish himself as a person to himself. Um, and so that all that time being spent to just be torn down is pretty crazy, and torn down in a matter of you know seconds, yeah, seconds, and the whole thing is maybe hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Right. From beginning, what is it like twelve hours while the, the rescue crew is on their way? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty short. I mean, that whole film also. Yeah, um, it's a funny film, right? There's, it's not like a comedy, but there's there's some humor, yeah, for sure. There's some humor, and I think there, there's something really sweet about that, and and it actually helps um, make the bigger points that it wants to make because it doesn't, as a film, it doesn't take itself too seriously, right? It it it. it it allows it to be it's it knows that it's kind of a ridiculous situation and it lets it be a little it plays up you know some of the comedy between the two clones is really really funny um, they were really really funny some of those scenes were legitimately just very very funny and and it it knows how to set up emotions to achieve effects very extremely like for a, especially for a, a debut film which is i believe this is this was uh, Duncan Jones's first film yep it, it just it really uh, hit me hard when it wanted to and and made me laugh when it wanted to and and i'll tell you i i I was watching this film and i was being continually distracted by uh uh an unfortunate amount of real world events that that conspired to distract me the entire time i was watching the film yeah which very annoying and you know it's okay i'll watch it again but even through all of the distraction it was like i was still uh able to feel all the power of this film and to me that was like in in some ways even more impressive right cool that's great yeah 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 this was really great i i'm so glad that i mean i knew i i had high hopes for it because two incredibly uh you know uh thoughtful people had 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 been interested in me seeing it you uh-huh. and, and jake so i was pretty sure i was it was going to be you know kind of a, a big one but yeah it's it's kind of a bummer that it didn't 
see wider release, I guess. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sure why it wasn't, why more people don't know about it or have seen it, um, because it is a spectacular film. Yeah, it did. I mean, it made a, a modest amount of money. It did all right. It didn't, yeah, it didn't blow up. I mean, I think, you know, it just didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't, didn't catch. I mean, he didn't have a, you know, he didn't have a name in that way, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if, being David Bowie's son in 2009 was enough to maybe he didn't want to play on that or maybe it wasn't. No, I, I don't really. think he did want to play on that and I don't think it was cuz I, I believe he was a working director before. I believe he's he did commercials and uh music videos or other things. I believe he this wasn't just a one-off film that he decided to do. I think he worked towards this for a while. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I don't obviously didn't know David Bowie, but it everything I've ever heard about him leads me to believe he would have raised a child who wanted to succeed kind of on their own merits in that way. Yes, absolutely. Um so I don't know. I, I mean, it's just it's the way it happens. I I think that as his career uh, continues to grow, uh, this will probably get retroactive attention. Absolutely, absolutely that will it, that it didn't get at the time because it it's absolutely deserving of it. And it's it's also interesting that Kevin Spacey wasn't enough of a draw. I, I think those days maybe maybe passed for him. <laughs> well, he he, I mean, he does he a lot of stuff. It was it was just voice acting for Kevin Spacey. Right, and it was yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Two thousand nine was two thousand nine. Kevin Spacey a big deal? I don't know. I don't remember when House of Cards happened. I think it's significantly oh, after that, right? Yes, House of Cards was like two thousand fourteen. Okay, yeah. So I, I lose all track of time, but yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Kevin Spacey was really quite the draw that maybe he is now, and Sam yeah. Rockwell neither. So there was definitely know. a lull. I feel like there was a lull in Kevin Spacey's career where he was in. I mean, he was in American Beauty, and then a couple other things, and then I feel like. There was a quiet time, and then and then he came back. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't so, remember. So, I, could, so, I could be wrong. So is it yeah. Usual Suspects, then American Beauty, then 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 uh, then House of Cards? Is that what we're? That's, that's the. To us. Well, I guess he did that K whatever it was that K two K whatever it was the, the one K Pax the one where he's an alien yeah the one where he's an alien I'm yeah. not sure that one was quite no he's quite been, the level. he's been in tons of movies we just I know just he's doing, in everything we're doing a tor- terrible job. Defending Kevin Spacey, right he's now. in like a Nick Cage level of movies. Only they're better than yes. Nick Cage, yes, <laughs> presumably, hopefully. Um, um, but yeah, so oh, by the way, something else about this particular film, I thought that uh, not only was it beautifully shot, not only were the models great, but the sort of information design aspects of it were oh yeah, really really great. Mm-hmm. The uh, I, particularly there's a clock that's counting down where it fades. Do you remember this clock? Where it fades, but only the letters, remember. only the numbers that are about to change are fading. They're in blue. And so it's like one is fading out, two. And then when it gets to like uh, 29, then the the three as well as the two as well is fading because it's going to go to 30. Like it's such a beautiful, I'm doing a terrible job of describing it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful clock. And it was like the, the way the infographics laid over the credits of the film as it started. Like it's just, it really, just tiny details, graphic design wise, just done phenomenally well. Yep, yep. 100% agree. <laughs> yep. yeah it's no i remember that clock yeah film. i should i uh on seeing it again it's like now i want to make that into like a screensaver yeah yeah i want that either on my mac or i want an actual clock that works that way i want mm-hmm. something that that clock is so cool i guess yep. this movie definitely did not do well enough for them to uh sell Mer- clocks, merchandise but. it that way yeah <laughs> there wasn't there probably wasn't a big uh a merchandising uh arm for this film no <laughs> but um, no, I just think yeah, it just it was paced extremely well. It was another film like we were saying in the previous episode where it, it wasn't long, but it got a lot done. Yep, and it, it told its entire story, and it didn't make me feel like I was missing anything, and it didn't make me feel like I was uh, uh, that there was too much. It was just a very it's a very nice film. 
thank you very much for the for the recommendation. My pleasure. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I absolutely. Was there anything else on this one that you felt like you need to call out? No, I don't yeah. think so. I think we touched cool. touched everything. Yeah, right on. Um, so uh, I will um, give you another opportunity now to plug uh, Firewatch because I thought that was great on the last episode. And oh yeah. Not have heard uh, so Firewatch is a game by Campo Santo in cooperation with Panic, who is my employer. Um, it recently came out just last Tuesday. It's a narrative video game about uh, a man who goes to work as a firewatch in uh, the woods of Wyoming in Shoshone National Forest. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just a great narrative game. If you're not a gamer, you should, it's then it's perfect. It's perfectly for you. Um, cause <laughs> it's, it's great if you are or are not yeah, someone either, who would, either or, would consider either or yourself a gamer. Uh, did you know, Patrick, I'm guessing not, that at one point in my life I actually was going to go and be a firewatch? I did not know that. Yeah, I had it. I had it. I had gotten the job. It was all lined up. And the only reason it didn't happen was because of one of the unfortunate uh, government shutdowns that happen occasionally. Wow. But so, I was going to go for a summer and be... Uh, so prior to the game's launch, we would kind of monitor Twitter for you know usages of the word firewatch to see if people were talking about the game and, you know, what, what kind of response it was getting on Twitter. And every now and then there would be a tweet from a real life firewatch. And it was always just like, Oh, stuck on firewatch duty. Fuck. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> or just, or just, just straight up firewatch sucks. And then we'd be, we'd be like, what? And we click into it. And of course it's like someone who, like it's in the national guard, who's firewatch. actually, you know, <laughs> I was very excited about it, but I think it was during the era when I was like really into Bon Iver and I was like, oh man, I'm just going to get out there with my banjo and some books and I'm going to make the next great album or something. I don't know what I thought. Well, did playing but, this game fulfill that for you? No. So playing this game made me like afraid to actually do it. Is what I think mainly what happened. I'll say that was spoiler free, but you know, it was, it definitely, uh, it, it, it both made me want to do it more and definitely never, ever want to do it. Um, I, I still think it would be, I don't know, it'd be a really great way to recharge. Cool. Uh, you know. Anyway, it's a anyway, phenomenal game. It's on PlayStation it Four out. and Steam. So if you're on Mac or PC, you can check it out. Or yeah, go check it out, and also uh, go check out PatrickBGibson.com, where Patrick is writing some pretty great stuff, uh, especially recently about uh, technical topics. Uh, the piece you wrote uh, just, I think, today, be published about uh, about the uh, Apple FBI controversy. I thought was probably the best. Uh, it's a lot of Apple garbage. <laughs> Whew, man. Uh, and uh, thank you again so much for for joining me for these episodes, Patrick. Thank you. This is a lot um, of fun. Awesome. And uh, so uh, listeners can find me at cinemagadfly.com or uh, cinemagadfly uh, on Twitter. And uh, we will see you next month with a totally different guest. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. Oh, that's a good idea. That's re- that's re- that's where I let- keep my leprechauns. Get out of the way. What? Why? I want to look underneath that model. You're not touching this model. Get out of the way. Listen, why don't you relax, okay? Why don't you take a pill, bake a cake, go read the encyclopedia. You're a tough guy now. What, are you going to stab me? No, I'm a peaceful warrior. I'm, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter.